up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we're here with Amy Wilson, the proprietress of Otherworldly Waxes and Whatever in Beacon, New York. Um, she is located at the Old Beacon High School, room 309, and is open to the public every third Saturday. Thank you for coming, Amy. Well, actually, we, thank you for having us, actually. You didn't come here. We came to you. Well, thank you for coming, and I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So um, you're also the creator and curator of Moon Serpent and Bone Oddities slash Witches Market? Yeah, Oddities and Curiosities Night Market. Yeah, and it's a heavily uh, magic-focused, magic-based market. Awesome. So we're going to talk about all of that. So the first thing I'm going to ask is um, describe the store. Well, uh, the store first opened in 1993, uh, and it was previously owned by Catherine Riggs Bergeson, and we were located on East 7th Street between 1st and A. And um, Catherine's, the storefront closed in 2008, and Catherine had moved upstate uh, around the same time I did, so we continued to work together. And then she decided to retire, and she handed the store down to me. And so that's how we came to be in Beacon. Oh, okay. Because that was going to be my question, yeah. was how did you go from the city to up here? Yeah, we both okay. moved out of the city. It was like that mass exodus from the city where all the rents went up and decided more bang for our buck up here. Absolutely. So now, can you describe... I have mentioned you on the podcast in the past as... The candle guru, the candle goddess. Um, I feel like, and not to put myself down because I can do things, but I feel like if I really want something done, I would prefer to get my candles from you. But when we talk about candles, we, you know, different people will do candles different ways. Can you describe what you do? Because you don't make a candle. You actually just, you dress the candle. You do a ritual thing with the candle. Can you describe that for people who may not have seen them? Well, uh, first I work with my clients one-on-one, and typically all of my candles are personalized for that specific intent. I do have my quote-unquote generalized candles, like find a job candle, but when I work with my clients, I have conversations with them where they send me emails saying, I would like this particular job in this location with these benefits, uh, with this pay, this position, everything that they would want in, in a career. So I work with them, and when I do the ritual, I focus in on them and their desires. I also carve their desires into the candle as well, as well with a sigil, their name, and their zodiac sign. And then from there, I ritualize everything with and dress the candles with all the oils and the incense that I also hand make for a particular reason for a particular intent. And each combination for each candle and each color is very different. So. If you were to get a job candle and somebody else was going to get a job candle, there might be different oils, there might be different colors, there might be different amount of wish pennies in it, etc. So everything is highly personalized per each client. Where a lot of other stores you can go to buy a job candle off the shelf and just burn it. Not saying that they're not effective, but I really get into what the client wants and I've as far as I know, I've never had a candle that didn't work. <laughs> Knock yeah. on wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you use seven-day candles. Correct. And they're not just, they don't just work. They're beautiful. They're little works of art. Where did you learn this type of candle making? I actually learned it at Otherworldly Waxes. I've been okay. there, I think, since God was a boy. 
can't remember when I started. <laughs> so um, the person who taught me taught me how to carve, charge, dress, put all the glitter, everything on the candles. What made you want to, you said it was handed down to you, the store. So did you always want to stay with the store? I've always had a calling. Um, it's funny how I fell into witchcraft. I was like literally like pulled into it. I grew up. I was like literally pulled into a store and was told to read. So yeah, it was uh, an interesting experience. But I grew up, um, my father's a spiritual medium. So I grew up knowing he was reading tea leaves, things like that. So I knew about psychic abilities. And I always kind of had that knack where I'd finish my friend's sentences, I would know things about people, just automatically. But when I was 18, I was living in New York. Um, city at the time and I was just walking down the sidewalk and this woman who had a metaphysical shop just pulled me in she's like you can read read for me and it was a very interesting experience because I didn't know who this woman was I wasn't sure if I was getting mugged and I sat there <laughs> and she told me that I had the gift of sight so that's kind of how it started uh, the store is no longer there it was um, Lady in the Moon Okay. So, well, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's uh, kind of how the vicious cycle started. And every time I try to pull away, I get sucked back in. <laughs> so like the line from The Godfather? Yeah. Every time you try to leave, they pull you back in. Um, you used the term witch. You already mentioned witch because that was one of my questions was, um, what does that word mean to you? Um, for me, I consider myself an eclectic witch. So, and I work with the planets opposed to deity. I, I do honor and I do respect deity and other entities, and I do work with other entities from time to time. Um, but which, for me, is somebody who can walk between the living and the dead, who can make things move more of an energy experience, opposed to, um, I guess nowadays people are using that term as more of an empowerment experience. I mean, I've been doing this for almost 28 years. So I'm very... I guess old school is that they would call it. So energy work for me is what witchcraft is about. It could be burning a candle. It could be sweeping auras. It could be aura readings. It could be reiki. It could be any sort of energetic work. And that's what witches to me. I just prefer my medium is candles and fire and using planets and the elements. I think it's important, like, that's one of the things that, you know, Gemini, Gemini and I have talked about is talking to people who are in the community, people who are witches and getting their take on it. Because I still feel that there are people who want to put somebody down. I'm not saying that you would. I'm just saying, you know, the people would put somebody down and say, well, you weren't initiated. You weren't this. And there are so many people who have such gifts that feel like I can't open my mouth. I can't even try this. You know, I've had people say to me, oh, I was called to go outside and I really wanted to be in your nature. Like, is that crazy? And I think it's because you still have other people who, you know, will say to somebody, no. So I think I, I love your answer because I think so many people, this will resonate with them, you know, that it's about energy work and it's about being who you are. So I think that's great that, you know, to get more people to, to say what I think we have been saying on the podcast yeah. for a while. I mean, I think yeah. a lot of that has to do, you know, the... Wicca is more of a, an organized religion opposed to what I call the craft, where it's not as organized. I mean, obviously, each witch has their own moral code and standards and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, I, I teach 
<clears throat> so I really get into more of the energy work of the craft opposed to worship rituals and rules. I mean, I do talk, teach how to you know do a circle, circle etiquette, things like that. Right. But I don't really get into like, it has to be done this way. And if you're not initiated, you have less power than the next person. Because I've met many a witch of third degree who can't spark a match. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. I don't mean to come off judgy, but it's about that energy. It's about the work. It's about being reciprocal with that energy and respecting it and honoring it because that's what you're working with. The last book that we did for the full moon was Drawing Down the Moon. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think has stayed with me after we had the conversation on the podcast about that book was so many people come from a tradition. Like you said, your father was a medium. Mm -hmm. And then they read a book and they go, oh, this book says that I'm Wiccan. Oh, I must be Wiccan. And then now Wicca gets flavored onto this tradition, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And people kind of like draw away from maybe what was their natural tendencies and now give it all to, oh, I'm a witch. I must be Wiccan. So I must do it this way kind of thing. So I think that's what I'm still thinking about that book. And yeah. 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 I see that a lot. Like when I, when I do teach, it's like, I tell them always be open. And then whatever path you choose to follow that resonates with you is, is the best thing for you. Because everybody has a different talent. Like some people are musicians, some people are accountants, some people are artists, some people are know, scientists. It just all depends. It's everybody has their own particular calling, their own particular gifts that they're more honed into than others. I could call myself a singer, but I wouldn't torment anybody by doing so. But I know where you know I can sing, but making candles is more where I'm gifted. So tell me about the classes. You say you also uh, teach. I teach. I actually, I have a new project that's launching with my, my dear friend Fiona Duncan, uh, The Magical Path. It's an online school where my class should be releasing hopefully end of this month, early February. It's, it's, it's been a long process of learning how to new using new formats of digital technology. <laughs> So it's been a little slow coming, but it should be out by February for sure. And so that's themagicalpath.com. And we're teaching classes and doing online mentoring for people who may not have outlets to such resources. And if you sign up now, we have a seven-day free course. And then I also teach classes from here. I actually am starting my, how many years now? This is my fourth year of teaching um, 101 class. So I call it The Grove. I, I humbly name it after the first uh, uh, Witchcraft 101 class that I took that was called The Grove that was offered back in the early 90s. And so I'm starting two new classes tomorrow, so I have people coming in. I teach it here from my shop, and I go over everything from resources, the elements, thought forms, uh, learning how to talk to spirits, how to... like learn about circle etiquette, how to make a basic magic spell. So it's all the basics for 101. And then once I have my 101 courses um, completed, then I offer, offer a 102 course, which basically gets more um, deeper and developed into the magical arts, where you learn how to make different things. You learn about some good things and some bad things, like hexing and how to undo a hex and how to figure out different forms of magic and how to counteract uh, 
things that may be coming at you as well. So I'm really I'm starting my own witch army. <laughs> I'm gonna convert everyone. But um so I teach them here at the shop and it's it's a lot of fun. I get to meet a lot of different people and watch them grow spiritually and learn they get to like learn what they like to do. They like to make oils or they like to make incense and things like that. It's fun. Do you ever have classes just on that? Because I know you said, and you make your own incenses, your oils. Um, do you have just classes on that without it being like a whole series? Yes, I do actually offer classes um, on different topics. Like I've done paper magic. I'm planning on doing a poppet magic class. But I just haven't worked out my schedule. Like January is the month where I actually sit and I kind of plan out the year and then realize I'm never going to sleep again. <laughs> Like, how is it 2021 already? But I offer different classes on different forms of magic. Um, I often, the carved candles that I do make with the glitter on them, so I'll offer that class once a year, too. So I still have to schedule that. But, I, you know, I travel so much with work because I do a lot of different fairs and events. That it's, it's, it's a juggling act, you know, when I can actually teach and when I do fairs. So you mentioned fairs. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your fair. So what gave you the idea? How do you get your vendors? Tell us a little bit about the markets that you do. Uh, well, Moon, Serpent, and Bone, Oddities and Curiosities Night Market, the longest title of the world. <laughs> <laughs> you must remember that to enter. Um, a friend of mine, her and I were talking because we're both vampires. I'm naturally a night person by nature, but adulting does not allow me that, <laughs> which is never, ever fun. Um, so we were talking about different types of markets, you know, what markets should we vend at, this, that, and the other thing. And she was telling me about some sort of food vending night market because she's also um, a pastry chef. And she was like, yeah, they do this night market. I want to stay down in Texas or something. I was like, that would be really cool. And so I sat on the idea for a while. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sat on it and I sat on it. But I'm like, what can I do that's going to make it a twist where I can sell my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's very self-motivated. <laughs> um, so I decided to do an oddities and curiosities market because those are these big markets that, you know, big cities have. And Hudson Valley doesn't really have anything like that. So I was like, let's just try it. So the first one I did was um, in March of 2019. I'm doing the second annual Ostara event. And this coming March, um, and I just figured, um, I didn't know if it was going to take off or not. So I, the first one, I went around and I was like headhunting vendors, like attacking Etsy, like Googling, like Curiosities, Hudson Valley, or, you know, just anything where I could kind of find vendors. And I knew, I know a lot of people too. Like I have a lot of consignment work in my shop from vendors that I love. So I have, I invited them to join. I think I probably, I used everyone who applied which was, I think, about 40 vendors, which I was very shocked. And then I was like, okay, we're going to set up. We're going to do this. I'm going to promote. I'm going to advertise. I was like, it'll be nice if 100 people show up. <laughs> and I think we had 1,300 people wow. show up the first, first event. It was a madhouse, <laughs> like a mad, mad, madhouse. And I had all sorts of people come, like, it was bizarre. I was like, wow, there are really lunatics and freaks and weirdos in Hudson Valley. I'm not the only one in my little classroom, like, making incense in the dark. <laughs> so 
I was like, okay, I think I got something going on here. Like our concessions table, which we didn't have much at, like sold out in the first hour and a half. Wow. And everybody sold out. Like, well, pretty much everybody sold out. I probably had a handful of vendors that didn't sell out and everybody walked away happy. So all the vendors to my first event have been vending at my consecutive events. Um, It got just so intense that I actually had to start charging admission to kind of slow the traffic down. It's like $3 admission. And plus I was having a couple panhandlers coming in. So that kind of keeps them out too. Um, So then I just continued and the summer solstice one was the big event. That was the second one I did. And I had over 1300 people show for that one as well. And that one I had live entertainment. I had fire dancers, belly dancers, singers, entertainers, like people walking the grounds and entertaining, hula hoopers, things like that. So it was, that was a very successful event. Um, the Beacon Police were not very pleased because parking was a nightmare. <laughs> so, um, so I have to find a better venue with more par- parking seems to be the issue for my events. But every event that I've done has has been... I've been blessed. It's been very successful. My vendors are extremely happy. Uh, I'm up to over 200 vendors applying to each event where I have to actually sit and jury who I'm going to have to come in. And then I have, you know, the people that I absolutely adore. And then some people, unfortunately, have to, like, rotate, you know, in each event. So the events stay alive and flavorful. And when the people come, they actually get a different experience almost every time. So that's been a difficult part. Um, my vendors say I need like a huge venue, like the Hudson Valley Civic Center. <laughs> so that might be. Why not? Why not? <laughs> so I think I think that might be the next step. So we'll 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 see. I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Um, do you feel your practice has changed over the years? Definitely. How? Um, I feel like I've matured a lot. I mean, when I first really started getting into magic, I was, you know, young teenager in my 20s, and it was like all love magic, and like, you know, like, I'm going to film it so you're going to live happily ever after, and have like 2.5 babies on white picket fence. And then um, over the years after just just life experience, um, I've gotten more into uh, protection magic more into uncrossing and clearing and more healing works, which for me, I derive a lot more pleasure than burning a pink can and be like, I hope this boy loves me. (laughs) He's so awesome. So I feel with age, I've definitely matured in that respect. Um, Learning more, reading more, taking more classes. Like I'm currently taking a class in hypnotherapy, which Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to get into path life progression people because I've done it several times myself and it's been very interesting because um, I've always wondered like how I ended up in this life because every like I said before like every time I try to escape I get sucked back in it's like why I just want to be normal <laughs> is that why you've tried to like get out you just feel like this is um I, I used to now I just I accept it like because I know when I do try to leave I, I get pulled back in but not, uh, I've, oh, not like I try to leave every other week, you know? but like t- <laughs> right. twice I tried to be normal, but it didn't, it didn't, that didn't work out very well. Do you feel like there's a pressure 
sometimes, maybe not now, like you said, like as you get older, but, um, I mean, I know for a while I just, it was just easier to tell people like, oh, I'm Hispanic. Oh, you're Catholic. Yeah. Like it's just easier to like not talk about it and try to not express it, um, or to hide it. I actually still do that. Okay. I still do that. Um, when I meet people for the first time, they're like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I own a little shop. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I make candles. Like I don't lie. Right. (laughs) I just kind of leave a lot of things out. Oh, what kind of candles? Oh, candles within 10. Because now it's like, you know, it's a kind of a hip thing. You go to Urban Outfitters, you can buy like a candle within 10. Healing or love or relaxation. Oh, really? Well, I don't know Urban Outfitters. Oh, okay. I, I remember back in the early 90s, they used to have that stuff. Oh, yeah, I believe it. I yeah. was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, so it'd be like, yeah, I make, you know, candles for like for relaxation or whatever. But, um... I kind of feel people out to see how far I can actually get into conversation with them. Like I'll be at a party or a function and then it's like, oh, well, this person seems a little open. Then I can kind of get into it. Then I feel it out that way. But it's, you know, like I said, it's been a really, I've been in this for a really long time, you know, just out of, you know, instinctual telepathic powers. You can kind of gauge who you can talk to about things like that and not. Because some people just totally freak out. Because initially I was like, if I'm going to come out of the broom closet, I'm going to come out big and strong. Because I was like, because I've always kind of worked behind the curtain, like the man behind the curtain. Right. And then I started to come, I'm like, I'm just going to come out. And I would say, yeah, I'm a witch. And people would freak out. Like, oh my God, like you eat bat heads and like kill babies and whatever like totally like Ozzy Osbourne out or something wow yeah so I just don't get into it and then I have people on the street who come up to me like I've seen you I know you I've been to one of your blah blah blahs and I'm like what (laughs) reminds me I should like comb my hair more when I grow (laughs) up have you ever gotten a weird request like have you ever been out on the street and someone like comes up to you and it's like totally in your space like asking you for something like to help them with something I actually, I have this knack of people telling me their life stories. And I think that's like um, an empathic thing. Like people just know. Um, So I get that. Uh, People who know who I am will ask me, can you tell me about this, that, or the other thing? Am I going to get this job? Or is my grandmother going to get out of the hospital? Or whatever it may be. And it kind of catches me off guard because for me doing this so long, like it's like a switch. I can turn it off or I can turn it on. And then sometimes the switch gets jammed on dim and I just pick up things that I don't want to pick up. And I just want to grab the milk at the grocery store and go. I don't want to hear about my spidey senses, like sensing who the person next to me, next to me in the checkout line is feeling or going through. So I'm like, ah. But usually for me to get into a reading or to feel somebody's energy, I have to kind of stop and still myself and to be able to do that. But occasionally I do. If they know who I am, they'll, they'll ask. So throughout the years, how do you feel the community has changed? Has it changed? I think there's a lot of the old players still, which is nice. But the, I feel the community has changed just with this um, women's empowerment. So we have a lot of new witches coming in that are using the title as witches. I think it's grown, but I think people do less of the work that they should than, you know, I'll just Google this spell or whatever. Not saying there's not a lot of really amazing and legitimate 
stuff out on the internet. It's fantastic. I find myself doing that too. It's like, I don't want to like go through my herbal encyclopedia to find out like what I can use lavender for. Just like Google. (laughs) What magical properties does lavender have? Okay. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, I just feel like this, this instant witch kind of thing is, is great, but on the same token, like the more work needs to be going into it. Like that's why I started teaching is to kind of work with people and show them these are the things that can be done. Because I know for me, I'm a very visual, energetic learner. For me to read something online or to watch it, well, maybe watching a video would be better. But I just think it's like magic, witchcraft, everything is is so hands-on. Like It's tactile. Like even though you're talking about energy, it's like it's still you feel it. By reading and Google something that you Googled, an article, like you don't really feel it. Like you can resonate with it. Like reading a book, you're like, oh, okay, that sounds familiar. But if you're really trying to learn something new, like hands-on and doing the work is the most important. And connecting with other people's energies too. Mm. Like when you work in groups, like I had one class, we made a money oil together and it was phenomenal like everybody who used it probably like within the month everybody got some sort some form of money from like 50 bucks to like 600 bucks so that's still important like I feel like there's a lot of disconnect and I think that's why my markets have been doing so well is because when you feel there you feel like you're a part of community everybody's equal nobody's Mm. trying to outrank one person or another it's not about that it's about being together and sharing this and I think that's what the community is lacking for the new people who are coming in. And I think offering these different courses in these different markets is part of helping people connect. I agree. I, I think on the one hand, the internet kind of helps us find each other. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it also helps us to stay in our homes and never go out and where do you go? And a lot of the shops have closed mm-hmm. when you think about the shops in New York City. Yes. I think only Enchantments is around. Mm-hmm. Um, and people might, you know, you can't just wander somewhere and say, okay, here's this shop and I'm going to talk to this person and I'll come back next week and I'll learn something else or I'll find out. I think that, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think these markets really do help to bring people together and People are so happy. Like the market, we went to the Sarwin market. Everybody was so happy. People were talking to each other. It was just, it's just nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right with the shops. I mean, when I was in New York, there were like five different shops. Magical Child. Magical Child. Enchantments. Otherworldly Waxes. Candle Therapy. Stone and Bone. Morgan's Chamber. Seven. I think there was another one. Well, Flower Power I always considered to. Yeah, yeah. It was about eight. And then you could find the energy you resonated with. And that's just in the city alone. You're not even talking about what's in Brooklyn, what's in Queens, and what's in the right. Bronx. Or maybe Staten Island. I've never been to Staten Island. <laughs> but, um, so, like, you could find that energy you resonated with, too. Like, you know, is it too soft? Is it too hard? Is it too Satan-y? Is it too fluffy? Like, you could find out where your personal energy would bring you. Plus, you had to be there. Like, you couldn't just get online. And I think Chamins finally got a shopping cart on their website yeah, like, not too did. long ago. <laughs> yeah. But only Enchantments is left, and even they move different locations. And it's much smaller. Yeah. The one thing I, I have noticed with Enchantments... Um, 
there's more you said that you were an eclectic witch and i think that that's more what's happening now enchantments um enchantments used to be mostly wicca Mm-hmm. And now when you go in, you see a lot of different things. Like I walked in and I, the first thing I saw was Obatala. And yeah. I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, yeah. like, what are you doing here? Um, I feel like there's more sharing. And I don't know where that comes from, but there's just a lot more sharing that's going on now. Do, do you feel that as well or just? I mean, for me, like my, my, if you really want to categorize what I do, it's more hoodoo, more root work, more folk bulky kind of magic, not this high, high um, magic, because I, I had like minuscule attention span for high magic, and sometimes I just really feel silly when I do it, but um, <laughs> it's just me, I start giggling, um, but I find, yeah, there's, there's more crossover, more, I feel like more folk type magic is coming in, more, what they call low magic is coming in, where people want more instantaneous, more hands-on, more um, instant results than doing the Wicca rituals and the circles and the this and the that. But then also, like, the low magic can open you up to different energies as well. It's like you have to be very aware of what you do. When I work with my clients, like, I tell them, like, these, these are the things that you need to do with your candle when it's done. Like if they do it on crossing, like you need to do these particular things after it's done to get rid of it. Or, you know, with the instructions they get for money drawing or whatever. So I, I think it's fantastic that Enchantments is opening up more. And I feel like there's a big surge with the hoodoo, the voodoo, and the santeria that's coming in. I think that more... People are getting into that because it's just, I think Wicca maybe isn't fulfilling those needs for certain people. And it left a lot of people out. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So what are your goals for the shop and classes and markets going forward? So like what classes are you looking forward to taking? You mentioned one. Mm -hmm. Um, What else are you looking for yourself? Uh, For myself, the hypnotherapy. I would like to get more into using different mediums in, in, in I like to say it's fortune telling, saying, but um, I, I, I like to be really corny with my practice. I think that's why some people are like, she's not real. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> more different mediums. Cause like I do tea, I do coffee, um, I do energy, but I kind of like, I've started picking up tarot again. Like I've been doing tarot Tuesdays on my website and I realized, like, how much fun it is, <laughs> because it kind of takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. <laughs> Not the guesswork, but, you know, it, so I do more of intuitive tarot where I can pull in these different energies and then work and read for clients who request. So that's part of it. For this year, I'm going to start doing more mediumship galleries. I have one coming up in May, which will be on my website hopefully in the next couple weeks. I have to update my schedule. Like I said, January is a big month where I'm scheduling everything. So I'm hoping to do more mediumship galleries. It, it's very draining, but I enjoy it a lot. It helps people heal. Like I did a seance around Samhain, and I felt it was very successful. Um, I want to start exposing people more to, I guess, quote-unquote, real magic. Because I believe like there's just a lot, of, like I said, like that processed magic like that you know i can just buy a job candle off the shelf or a love candle off the shelf and people aren't really 
realizing the energies that they're playing with. I mean, not saying Chad Candle could be absolutely terrible unless you get an awful job, but I think that old style magic is really kind of being washed away, like I said, by the Google thing, by people just, you know, doing willy nilly stuff and they're not really understanding how it actually works. Like just throwing burning candles here, there, and not understanding like these are the repercussions, this is the patience. Like I've had clients come in and order things or candles from me and they just expect like as soon as the candle goes out, okay, I'm going to get that new job or that new car or that new whatever. Okay, where is it? Day seven, candle's done. Where is it? So I think I really want to start teaching more um, how that works too. Uh, I also have... A re- uh, magical retreat coming up in June, the first weekend in June, um, at the River House in Wackingers. So that will be an overnight weekend event where you, uh, whoever signs up gets fully submerged into magic. There'll be a seance. There'll be everything uh, a, a witch could ever want. <laughs> I may cook. That may not be a good thing. <laughs> I don't know yet. So it'll be, um, some people will be able to stay overnight or commute to the event. And that won't, once it starts getting prepared, will be also be up on my website, otherworldlywaxes.com. Awesome. So, and also on themagicalpath.com because that's, they're, you know, working back and forth. And that's magical with a K, of course. Do you take time off? It sounds like you're on the go. <laughs> like, I'm amazed. I'm listening to all this. I'm like, wow, how do you fit this all in? I don't. Okay. <laughs> That's honest, yeah. Uh, Oh, this is my full-time job. Like, this is what I use to support myself, um, support my family. So I have to really um, push through, so to speak. But I did actually take six days off, and I went down to New Orleans, where I actually did a little bit of work, but not too much. So that's probably the first vacation I've had in almost four years. How do you see the community there? Like when you went there, what, what did you, did you feel like, I wish we had some of that here? Did you feel like, oh, that's not what I thought? Or what did you think? Well, the last time I was there was pre-Katrina. So it was definitely a different vibe. Um, I hit as many stores as I possibly could because I was really kind of, part of me was doing research on what I could bring up here terms of product, uh, magic traditions, things, things like that, just to give it more of a, give my shop more of a flavor, so to speak. I mean, I already carry some pretty weird eclectic stuff that a lot of the other metaphysical shops in the area do not carry. I found it very beautiful. I mean, the energy there was great. The smell of Palo Santo palpitated the air. <laughs> so that was good. I was like, oh, just automatic cleansing walking down the street. <laughs> But the shops were really fantastic. I went to a couple of them. I found one store that was very old school New York City magic, which made me really, really happy. As soon as I walked in, I was like, oh, I'm home. The old oil bottles, the old incense, like, you know, the candles, the, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And a lot of the other stores were really beautiful and fantastic. I'm not knocking any of them, but it was a lot of, like, just crystals, candles, stick incense. So it was like that lot of the same. So I just, I mean, it was beautiful. They were great, but it was just, wasn't, I'm looking for that grit. Like I need that handmade. 
I'm a witch. I've been doing this for years. Like the cra- the crazy like witch in the back with the you know <laughs> it's all like gray hair like cackling and God knows what she's doing in the back. <laughs> that's that's me actually. I take my skin suit off. I'm a crazy witch. But um, <laughs> so so I was kind of looking for that more because that was like the pre Katrina you know, witchcraft that I was exposed to, like that kind of old school stuff. But I guess a lot of those people had moved out. And not saying that the stores there weren't really beautiful. I found some really great pieces that I was so happy to bring home. Like, I hope they don't check my suitcase. (laughs) So you mentioned you have a couple of eclectic pieces here that no other store has. Tell us about them. Well, I have some crystallized bones, uh, coffins and witch bottles, uh, I have handmade smudge feathers, all one of a kind. Um, I do have some crystals. I have uh, fixed candles, which I fixed myself in Papaloos, um, that I haven't seen any other stores outside of the Botanica in Newburgh that has that, but even then it's kind of mass manufactured. So I get my silkscreen candles, my seven-day silkscreen candles, and I actually fix them with the intent, so it's a double whammy power candle. Uh, I hand pour all my votives. I do hand dip candles, which I have on my tree over here. So I have all, like a lot of these things you don't find in a lot of metaphysical shops in this area. And of course, I, you know, all powdered incense, which you don't find up here. And then all the oils that I make, all by hand. If you could give advice to somebody who's starting out, who's like, I think I'm a witch, or I think this is a path I want to go down, what would be something you'd want to tell them? I'd probably shake them and hug them, <laughs> because <laughs> I get so excited. I'm like, yay, more witches, <laughs> taking over the world. I would just say be open. Be open, because a lot of people who get on this path, they kind of think they already know. And then, like myself, when I first started, I was like, I know what I'm doing. I love candle cooking. And then I'm like, Holy shit, I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if I'm supposed to swear or not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, from, you know, the 18-year-old witch to, I'm going to totally lie about my age right now, the 24-year-old witch <laughs> that I am now, it's very different. Like, the idea that I had was totally like, you know, oh, it's like the craft or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, I can levitate and I can, like, shoot lasers from my eyes or whatever (laughs) it is. And then you really start to see it for what it is. And for somebody that's new, I would just say be open. And I always tell my students, when you start this path, typically something in your life will totally explode and fall apart. And that's your spiritual awakening. And when you start that, just try to ride it through. And not banging yourself in the head too much. <laughs> but I say when you ask the universe or God or source or whatever it is that you call the high, your higher power, your higher self, or whatever you, you envision that to be, to ask, ask it to gently, easily, and kindly open you up. To what it is you need to know. Because a lot of times it's like the tower card. Bam! Hello! You want witchcraft? I'm going to burn your house down. <laughs> so you're like, yay! This is fun, witchcraft. So yeah, I, I would advise them to take it easy. And gifts, come on. And like I have, I work with a lot of 
new people who come in. And a lot of times something happens, their gifts turn on, and then their gifts turn off. And then I advise them it will come back on again. Because usually when your gifts first turn on, it's like, oh my God, I'm having late onset schizophrenia. <laughs> like, I'm hearing voices. Things are happening that I just thought about or whatever it is. Like, I can see the future. And all of a sudden it just stops. And then it'll start to slowly come back online. So I work with people just say, when it shuts off, it's all right. Because it's just the universe saying, okay, here you go. <laughs> So that's my, that's my advice for newbies. Just be patient. Be patient. Everything will figure itself out. Awesome. And because our whole shtick is this whole academic witches thing, mm-hmm. uh, we have to ask, if there's one book that you think every witch should have in their, I mean, read it as well, but have it on their bookshelf, what would be that book? One book? Well, if you want to throw in a couple, you can throw in a couple, <laughs> but, you know. Well, I have, I have my staples. I honestly think the best book that I refer to a lot is really surprising. Like, a lot of witches are like, what? Um, Scott Cunningham's uh, Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia for Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham. The Hoodoo Her- Herb and Root Magic Book by Catherine. I, I can never pronounce her last name. Ironwood? Yeah, Ironwood, I think. Okay. It's Y-R-O-N-W-O-D. Really great book. I honestly, I suggest the herbal books because, like I said, you can find things online, but it's probably best to actually have a hard copy. And then The Secret of Magical Seals by Anna Anna Riva. This book is an amazing book. Hard to find. You find it, put it in your library. These, These seals in here, you can use to carve on anything. There's everything in there. So those are the three books. And they asked me for one. No, but that's, that's awesome. You said you still refer back to the Scott Cunningham mm-hmm. um, for the incenses or? Uh, for, the, for the herbs. Because sometimes, like, if I'm going to get really woo-woo, like when I'm making something um, or I need a substitute for an ingredient that maybe I don't have, intuitively I'll get a nudge from one of my guides like I said, late onset schizophrenia, that will speak to me and tell me things like, go murder people. No, <laughs> no we like, you know, use this particular herb or resin or oil or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, a crazy head. Like, you know, you're talking to yourself again. But then I'll, I'll just quickly refer to the book. And usually it will energetically jive. So it's basically like a, a spell check for my formulas when I'm working with that. Because a lot of the formulas that I do have have been ha- handed down over gener- generations. Like a lot of the oils that I do sell, like my flying devil has been handed down to me. It's not going to be the flying devil that you're going to find online. It's going to be authentic hoodoo flying devil. And it works like a charm. It's one of my favorite oils. But sometimes I'll run out of ingredients. Like I don't, or for example, it uses pepper. I don't have a pepper oil, so I'll use peppercorns. So, but maybe I don't have pepper that day and I can use a different ingredient and add it to it or whatever. So that's why I always refer back to the encyclopedia because I want to make sure that it's energetically jiving. Thank you so much, Amy, for letting us come in here and talk to us. And you're great. We love you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming. 
This has been such a fun episode to produce. Thank you so much, Amy, for letting us into your shop and for letting us do this interview. Thank you so much to you guys for listening. Thank you to Sean McShane for the amazing intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. So two witches walk into a bar.